We know that when you have bacterial overgrowth, it's usually due to some sort of motility issue where bacteria starts growing where it shouldn't in the upper intestine. So we realized is that we needed something that could actually stay in the lumen or actually not be absorbed and get rid of this bacteria. Today on the podcast SIBO SOS, we have Dr. Kenneth Brown, a gastroenterologist who has a very busy practice and is also the creator of Atrantil. This is a breakthrough treatment for methane-dominant SIBO, and so many people swear by it. What I've enjoyed about Dr. Brown is everything I've learned about the gut, but also how to balance my life, which is not usually what you would expect from a gastroenterologist, but I have learned a lot from him, and I hope you will too, so listen in. We're gonna talk about what methane-dominant SIBO is and why it's so hard to treat. Methane equals gas, constipation, and bloating. And if you have any of these symptoms, you know how much they truly suck. <laughs> also, think about cows and what do they produce? They produce methane gas. Think about it. So Atrantil, yes, that's how you say it, like Atrantil. Ah, this is a new treatment and it is specifically for the overgrowth of methane. How do you know if you have methane? Obviously, a very important question. Well, a SIBO breath test will tell you that. But if you have gas, constipation, or bloating, there's a pretty good chance you're dealing with methane. At the very least, know that Atrantil helps to reduce the level of methane-producing organisms in your small intestine. Basically, if you have constipation, gas, or bloating, or all three, you might want to try Atrantil. And you definitely want to hear this podcast. And by the way, they are not sponsoring this podcast. So that is just me giving you great advice about a product that's easily available and does have a down to the bottom of the bottle guarantee. You can return, I think it's 30 days, but definitely keep that in mind. Okay, this is what we're going to talk about today. How methane gas is created. How methane causes gas and bloating and what to do about it. Exactly how Atrantil works how Atrantil got its name, and then bloating relief tips, focusing on the small bowel. Kenneth Brown is here, and he is a gastroenterologist who actually created Atrantil, that supplement that has been helping so many people with bloating from methane-dominant SIBO. And we're thrilled to have his help and support and thrilled to be talking to him right now. Hi there. Hi, Siobhan. Uh, thank you so much for having me on here. And, you know, anytime we get a chance to educate people on SIBO, I love doing it. So I really appreciate the time. Well, we really appreciate the support. Now, how did you come up with this? And I want to know everything. So how did you go from practice to creating this, this supplement that is really revolutionary and has been such a breakthrough for so many of us? Well, I'm a board-certified gastroenterologist, and I practice in Plano, Texas, which is just a suburb of Dallas. And I've been doing clinical research for pharmaceutical companies for the past 10 years. And it was about eight years or so ago where I came across some information discovered by Dr. Mark Pimentel where possibly irritable bowel that really affects 20% of the U.S. population may actually be caused by bacteria grown where it shouldn't. And obviously, your audience is very schooled in that, and they're going to learn a lot more at the SIBO Summit. But that's when I started really getting into the science of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. The issue was is that when I was talking to my colleagues, I really felt like we were at a paradigm shift, like we were 30 years ago when we thought that stress and depression was causing ulcers. 
And then it was discovered that actually, well, hey, it's due to a bacteria called H. pylori. And that same paradigm shift was going on right when we were looking at it. Holy cow, we have so many people that are suffering from irritable bowel, bloating, constipation, and they're not getting better no matter what we try. That's when I realized, well, it all comes down to this archaeobacter or this type of bacteria that's a very primitive organism producing methane. And I was sitting in my office, I was writing my dry erase board, and my research manager, Brandy Scott at the time, came in and she's the one that was running all my clinical trials. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, look at this. I said, if we could figure out how to get rid of the bacteria where it shouldn't be in the small bowel and get rid of the methane, we could really help a lot of people. And that was the aha moment. She went, holy cow, you know my background. She was an attorney and then had a master's in political science. She was a policy writer for a senator in Iowa back in the 90s. And they were trying to mandate decreasing methane production in cattle. So I'm like, holy cow, can you get some of that, all that literature that you were going through in this legislation? And that's where we started. We went, okay, look, they've already done all this to try and decrease it in the agricultural world. Let's see if we can translate that in a natural way to humans. And that's where the aha moment started and ultimately led to Atrantil. Atrantil. Ah, my belly feels better already. Okay, so when you say holy cow, you really mean it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't have done it without those, without the cattle's help. So what is the secret sauce in the formulation? I realize you can't reveal all of the secret ingredients to it, but you took research from helping the methane reduction from cattle, and now you're, you're helping humans to have it. Is there a couple of key ingredients that are really standouts? Well, actually, I can tell you everything about it because there is no secret anything. This is, um, we're just letting mother nature do its thing. So we know that when you have bacterial overgrowth, it's usually due to some sort of motility issue where bacteria starts growing where it shouldn't in the upper intestine. So we realized that we needed something that could actually stay in the lumen or actually not be absorbed and get rid of this bacteria. So we have three ingredients. That's it. Just the three ingredients that work together. They work synergistically to get rid of the bacteria that's actually there. The first one is M. balsalme, which is peppermint, but we use the peppermint leaf because we wanted the polyphenol component of it. And what that does is that just calms the area down and allows the other two ingredients to work. The second ingredient is the quebracho, the quebracho colorado. That is this big, gorgeous tannin or a type of polyphenol that actually comes through and it has all these bonds on the outside of the molecule and it soaks up hydrogen. So what it does is it starts to starve the archaeobacter that ultimately will produce the methane, and it weakens it. And then the third ingredient comes in, which is conquer tree. The reason why we have conquer tree there is it actually gets rid of bacteria, but it specifically blocks the enzyme that produces the methane. So we have three ingredients that work together to get rid of it. One calms it down, one soaks up the fuel, and the other one stops the methane production by blocking the enzyme. And how, how long do we have to wait in order to see a result? Because, you know, like we've been waiting a really long time for this to come around. So how long does the typical person have to wait before they see a result? Well, we've seen this. So we have done some clinical trials. And in our clinical trials, we, were, um, we have two published clinical trials. One of them is a randomized placebo-controlled trial, and that got published in the Journal of Gastroenterology and Hepatology in September 2015. In that trial, we looked at people and we realized that most of the people started seeing a significant result 
between 10 and 20 days. So whenever I put somebody on it, we really want to leave them on for at least 10 days to start seeing if there's any effect. Then we did a second trial that we published, and that was in the World Journal of Gastroenterology and Hepatology. And I call that one the worst of the worst. I took patients that had failed everything and basically everything out there. They were coming to me as a second opinion while we were developing this. They had failed Amatiza, Linzess, Miralax, Zyfax, and Neomycin, herbal antibiotics and probiotics. And so these people were perfect to try and put into a clinical trial and say, listen, we got nothing else to lose. Let's see what happens. And we had similar results. They took a little bit longer, though. They took upwards of the full two weeks of taking it. And they really started seeing results. We saw an 88% improvement in quality of life. And we saw over 30% improvement in constipation, very similar to the first study. So the long-winded answer to your question is, in my clinical practice, it really, we're realizing it depends on the bacterial load. Somebody's had horrible SIBO for years and they have just wrestled with it. We tend to see that it's going to take the full 20 days to really work. And that's two capsules three times a day. High dose, but you're going to do a round of it. And then we realize that after we do that, they can start taking it on a daily basis just to maintain the overall digestive health. For those people that have kind of mild symptoms, we see it kick in pretty quick, just in a few days, and it really helps them. So two capsules three times a day, and then, you know, then a maintenance after, after a certain, certain length of time. The, um, the maintenance dosing came about after effect, after we went to market. So we've been, we've been available for about a year and a half and we've been real open lines of communication. We really want to know what we're still learning. It's a moving target. And so we let all anybody that purchases it, we got a money back guarantee. If it doesn't work, I want to know, just tell me what happened. Did we not take it long enough? Are you somebody that failed it? Are you one of the you know, uh, 15% of the people that may really struggle with it? So we found that those people that did get success from it, they were calling us back up going, you know, I just feel better if I take it every day. And that makes sense because these are polyphenols. These are the molecules that you'll find in the skins of fruits and vegetables in the Mediterranean diet. And that's, we know that that's really good for you because they go into your colon and your own bacteria actually break it down for beneficial things for your body. So the maintenance dose kind of came around aftermarket where we realized, oh, wow, people really enjoy taking this and they've kind of substituted it for other things. So if uh, you do get relief from it, most of my patients stay on just a maintenance dose and things seem to never come back. So, Oh, very promising. Very, very promising. So where can we pick up Atrantil? Well, you can go to atrantil.com. It's A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L.com. We are available in many retail locations. We're also available online and on Amazon as well. And uh, we are having really being embraced by all kinds of doctors, including naturopaths, chiropractors, and we got a lot of gastroenterologists and MDs who are on board. And a lot of them do actually sell out of their office as well. So very good. I love to hear that distribution. And Amazon, it's good to hear that you are on Amazon. So when we we want to buy it from there, we know that it's coming from you and not some like bootlegger. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that happens, you know, we have to keep our eye out on that stuff. Oh, it's actually, um, what is it? It's, a, you know, the most sincere form of flattery is when somebody copies you. Well, we get copied a lot suddenly. A lot of people try to do that. And we try and just catch those people and send them that little nasty gram from our attorneys and they pull it down. So, yeah, we're actually on Amazon Prime and um, okay. shipping and all that. Okay, good, 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 good. If, uh, let's say I don't have SIBO I, or I, my SIBO has been resolved what does Atrantil work for in terms of other people with other conditions? Who else can it help? 
So something I've seen in my practice, and I think that a lot of the SIBO people can attest to this, that even if they're not focusing on their intestinal issues, there's a lot of other diseases associated with it, like rosacea, fibromyalgia, interstitial cystitis. There's a common theme here. We have labeled patients with these trash can diagnoses. Oh, you have IBS. Oh, you've just got pelvic pain syndrome. Oh, you just have chronic fatigue syndrome. So one of the things that, uh, that we've seen a lot of is people that take it, not realizing that their gut isn't their primary problem. They're trying, they're having skin issues and the neck gets better. So thinking outside the box a little bit, we do know that if we treat SIBO, a lot of these other issues get better, chronic prostatitis and things. So that's the one, that's one avenue. The other really interesting thing is that people that have food intolerances, specifically gluten, tend to do really well on this. I myself am gluten intolerant. And so if I eat a little gluten, I get really sick. But if I take this with any gluten I take or with any gluten I eat, then I really don't have any issues. So the other big market or the other big avenue that we're really helping a lot of people is that whole gluten sensitivity aspect. And do you take it with food or do you do it the same way you would if you were doing a SIBO treatment? Well, actually, we've found that um, people do tend to do a little bit better with food surprisingly. And it's probably for a bunch of different reasons out there. But I do have some patients that seem to get better treatment when they take it without. But so many people do seem to take it with food and do benefit because I think it does help with those food sensitivities as well. So generally speaking, I tell my patients to take two capsules three times a day with food. Thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Just Thrive Probiotics. I wasn't a believer, I have to admit. I thought all probiotics were the same because in the past I had taken them and didn't really notice a difference. Well, once I read the studies on Just Thrive, which were recommended to me from several friends in this health space, it started with an old root canal that needed to be extracted. I took the Just Thrive with the massive dose of antibiotics and it helped me so much. I couldn't believe it. So. I want you to know about it because if it made a difference for me and I'm a tough case, chances are it's going to make an impact on you. Obviously, you can tell I'm a fan. I hope you'll investigate it for yourself. That's Just Thrive Probiotics. And thank you so much to them for supporting this community. We love them for it. What exactly is a tannin? Tannins are very complex molecules that we've been eating and drinking in our diet for a very long time. It's what makes a good bold wine have the little bit of that after kind of uh, a taste to it that's very, very unique to wine. It's also used in different foods and we have it in different fruits and vegetables. It's a class of the polyphenols. It's one of the large polyphenols that are all put together. So it's a very large, complex molecule and they do all kinds of health benefits for our body. So, and so that's one of the main ingredients, one of the few ingredients that is probably the ingredient that separates us the most, that we actually figured out the science that these that the Cabracho itself is a very effective molecule in both getting rid of the bacteria, but it has a natural defense. It comes from the bark of a tree that has natural defense against Archaeobacter. One of the problems is that I get a lot of patients that have said they were treated with antibiotics that didn't work, and they're um, very skeptical that nothing else will work. Well, I, I explained to them that one of the reasons is, is that I, the Archaeobacter are really, uh, they're not actually a true bacteria. They're in their own kingdom. And because of that, our modern day antibiotics don't really work on that type of organism. And so this tree, which is a very ancient tree, actually developed defense against it, against Archaeobacter and fungus. So that's where our real workhorse comes in. So if someone's doing a round of antibiotics, are, is, would it be appropriate to do Atrantil at the same time? I do that all the time. Okay. I, because of my practice, I end up getting... Uh, 
failed people that have failed a lot of things. And frequently, uh, you know, they'll come in, they'll have tried, let's say, Zyfaxin or herbal antibiotics or anything else. And if they didn't have a bad side effect to it, um, and they still have some, I'm double treating with Atrantil and that, and we're getting really good results as well. Uh, just one more target that we need to start doing some case series on and collecting some data. You know, do they do better if they take this with something else or do they do, or would it really matter? Would they have done really well on, on um, Atrantil anyways? So um, I have no problem taking it with the same time and putting my patients on it. Okay. You have to tell me about how the name came to be. Oof. Oof. So that is, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so this is, Atrantil, that's how it's spelled. I don't know if you can see Yeah, that. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. As it turns out, the pharmaceutical industry uh, pays very smart people to come up with names and then they trademark it. And if you want to develop something, you almost have to always make up the name. And once you make it up, then it can't look or sound at all like anything else that's been trademarked in the intestinal or pharmaceutical space. And so we... Uh, we made up a bunch of names. We had a word lab and we came down to uh, Trantil, which we thought showed tranquility and would you know, be very calming. And then as it turns out, one of the big pharmaceutical companies had something that was similar. So our attorney said, you know, if you put an A in front, you'll basically, you'll basically get away from all that. You'll be able to trademark it. So it came up and then the A actually became our brand. And, you know, we realized that it's, uh, it's for some people, it's a little difficult to say, but, you know, I imagine Kleenex was difficult when it first came out or Xerox. So we hope that we will be Kleenex someday. It'll just be normal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing. This is a very good thing and uh, a wonderful problem to have that we're trying to figure out how to say it. It means that it's working in our lives and that so many people are being exposed to it, which is so fantastic. Can we just talk about bloating in general for a second? and? how just any tips you have for anybody who does bloat other than taking Atrantil and, um, and, you know, reducing their fiber intake, like what else can we do for bloating? So I think that bloating is probably the single biggest problem that really affects people. They can handle a little bit of loose stools. They can handle some constipation, but it's the bloating that really is the disruptor. And unfortunately all the other treatments out there, at least pharmaceutical treatments really focus on the colon. And we do know that the bloating really starts in the small bowel. So when you eat, bacteria break down the food, they produce gas. That's what really causes some of the bloating. So what I like to have my patients do, I personally like to look at diet first. And we really got to look at this and say, okay, is there a way that we could change the diet in a way that would be more effective in decreasing the bloating? One of the things is, is that, you know, bacteria love starches. So I'm a big fan of either a lower carb slash gluten-free diet, at least during treatment. Now, there is a lot of literature out there right now talking about how, oh, no, if you're going to treat bacterial overgrowth, we really want you to eat and eat a lot of sugary things, get those bacteria fired up, which is true if you're going to use antibiotics, because antibiotics have to be absorbed into the bacteria where they then block a transcriptase, and that's how they work. Well, it's a little bit different for us. We're not really being absorbed. This is a natural defense against that. So I've had better results where we look at the diet, possibly consider a version of paleo, gluten-free, and then of course there's all the other diets that most of the SIBO people are familiar with, FODMAP being one of the biggest ones, or the SCD diet is another one. Um, the other big thing, in my clinical practice, Atrantil really is effective, upwards of 80 some percent, and really tough to treat. When it doesn't work, I sit down and go, okay, 
let's look at this. Let's start thinking of things outside of the box. And in 10% of those people, I'll find some really unusual things and really help that. Now, there's still some work to do because I still see probably less than 10%, but let's just say 10% of people that I really do think have, that I really do believe have SIBO, they do bloat and they're not responding to anything. That'll be the next phase where we really need to you know, tie all the data together and say, okay, well, how can we help those people? But in the meantime, we're helping over 90% of the people. And it comes down to taking this appropriately for a long enough time and looking at your diet. That's my big thing about bloating, really. It's diet with the Atron Teal. Is there any help for it treating small intestinal fungal overgrowth? Small intestinal fungal overgrowth. So it's it's coming around again. It's interesting. So I've talked to quite a few naturopathic doctors who have really believed in the Canada or Candida, either way you want to pronounce it, um, which would be the fungal overgrowth. I believe, and many of them now after they realize what SIBO is, realize that they've probably been calling Candida overgrowth was probably SIBO, but it's just a nomenclature thing. They're going to treat it the same way. So fungal overgrowth is, for me, it was always SIBO. And just recently, I've talked to a couple uh, gastroenterologists who are experts in SIBO, and they do some different techniques. And one of them uh, actually mentioned that, well, I can go in there and I can culture fungus. So I think there may be a small component of it. And he's coined the term SIFO, S-I-F-O. But in my clinical experience, and I brought this up to him when we talked about it, and he said, yeah, that's true. The problem with fungal overgrowth is that when I was treating people that had um, severe AIDS before we had good treatment, or they had they were very immunosuppressed due to chemotherapy, I would do endoscopies on them, and they would just be covered from mouth, esophagus, stomach, and small bowel coated in fungus in Canada. They didn't complain of bloating at all. And that's where I look at that and go, hmm, all right, so why is that? So if you look at the science behind it, bacteria break down starches and they release hydrogen. And then the archaeobacter produces methane. Traditionally, fungus, they will decompose things. And as they do that, they release carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide freely diffuses. So it's not actually a bloating type gas. That's why we use carbon dioxide when we do colonoscopies. That being said, because of my practice, I keep an open mind with everything. I do have a few people that fail everything and they do respond to antifungals. So I would say that the majority of people that believe they have a candida problem, it's probably a bacterial overgrowth and we treat that first. They don't respond. Then we start thinking, okay, well, maybe there is a small component of this fungus. Uh, clinically, it doesn't make total sense to me. You can make a lot more logic out of the bacteria doing it than you can the fungus. But I do have a few patients that I rotate antifungals on. So I would say it does exist, but it's probably not as prevalent as we've always thought it was. Okay. Thank you. That is a great, great, great exploration of an answer right there. <laughs> now I will wrap up and say thank you so much for being part of uh, the sponsors at the SIBO SOS Summit. We could not have done it without you. And I hope everybody definitely gives it a try because, heck, it's a really affordable way to you know, reduce that methane load. And with those kinds of results in your studies, I think it's definitely worth a try. Everyone should do it, uh, if, especially if they have methane. Let's say they have hydrogen. Is that beneficial for people? That is, that is, a, that is a great question. So what you're getting at here is the hydrogen um, can actually form hydrogen sulfide, which will cause diarrhea. So I get a lot of people that say, well, I don't have constipation. We've changed our messaging on our box because we realize we really do help those people as well. Same mechanism. 
we soak up the hydrogen, get rid of the bacteria, and they do get better. So it is actually indicated for people with bloating and change in bowel habits. Not so much purely constipation or diarrhea, but just change in bowel habits. As long as you bloat after you eat, you stand a real good chance of getting better. And just like you said, why not? It's a, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, we, we want to know. We don't, we just want to help people. If it doesn't work on you, you get your money back. That's fine. Um, but we don't really have to give it back all that often. In fact, it's extremely rare. So we just, um, you know, it's just, I'm just thrilled that we're actually helping so many people in such a short period of time. I'm thrilled too. This is the longest wrap of an interview I've ever done. <laughs> but I had to get those questions in there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Dr. Brown. Um, keep up the great work and stay in touch. Thank you, Siobhan. Well, that's our show. A huge thank you for listening and to Dr. Brown for joining us today. I'd love to know if you've tried Autron Teal. Head over to the Facebook group and let me know what you think. And if this podcast was helpful to you, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a good review. Every little bit helps us spread this important SIBO info even further. Thanks so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.